even if I'm in a world where I don't have to fuck for free mm-hmm. because all my needs are met, men will push push me and pressure me to fuck for free because misogyny exists. Welcome to On the Horizon, powered by Sex Work CEO. A podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. Hosted by Jesse Sage and Melrose Michaels. Who misses free and affordable ads and social networks without the anti-sex work rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising and social spaces to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, sex work, and education. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their two products, Tris.link and Switter.at, are refreshing and well-needed changes in both presentation and mission. Both are free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, from the policies to the language to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel encouraged and supported instead of policed. Check out their website, assembly4.com, for the word, not the number, for more info. Okay. Sex work, episode six. Episode six. Sex <laughs> episode work in the yeah. revolution. I, I want to define for people that are tuning in that may have no idea what we're talking about. And we do this a little in the episode, but maybe we should start with it and lead with it. Yeah. Okay. So let me first put my cards on the table. Yeah. And say that this episode was kind of a little pet project of mine <laughs> <laughs> that I really wanted to have, and here's why: because every two or three months, no, maybe maybe a little bit longer than that, but it is very often um we get we on leftist slash sex work twitter um have tons of people who are you know talking about whether there's going to be sex work after the revolution or not which makes me crazy this argument makes me crazy so i wanted to bring on people who i thought could like talk a little bit about it and what they and you know i think it's actually appropriate to put this at the end of the first five episodes mm-hmm. that we did because um we're talking about like the political and social landscape that we find ourselves in and there's a lot of problems with that yeah like our system is fucked and it's fucked <laughs> for sex workers in particular so i totally understand the sentiment of like we gotta turn this shit upside yeah. down. Like, yes. this, let's revolt. Let's revolt. Let's revolt. Like, we need a workers' revolt. Yes, we do. Um, and we're seeing some of that, like, right now, actually, because of COVID. And yeah. I think that there's a lot of people who are just like, you know what? Fuck that job. Yeah. I'm going. Like, this is ridiculous. And I think that um, I totally get that sentiment. And I it, like, speaks to my heart because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I dropped out of the workforce and became a whore. So, <laughs> I... <laughs> So I get it, but you know, um, but what I keep hearing from, and so that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is that like, we tend to, when we're talking about, when we're talking about anti-sex work and anti-sex work rhetoric, we tend to think of anti-sex work feminists Mm -hmm. and we tend to think of like religious conservatives. Yeah. What we don't tend to think about is leftists and it like, it's like hard for me to wrap my head around why leftists are also anti-sex work. Yeah. Or how they can be. Yeah. And it's coming from all, I mean, it's to be frank, it's hard for me to understand why feminists are against it too, but like, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. So, (laughs) I mean, I think that, um, you know, to hear it coming from all directions, one of which is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I think there's tons and tons of sex workers who are like, fuck work um and yet um and we're gonna do things our way and we're not gonna participate in um mainstream economy the mainstream way economy everyone else way does. That it is and so to me it just seems um i don't know how should i say this um it i it's it's hard for me um this is why i want to do this episode it seems like every time i see this i'm like wait what yeah what are they talking about like so the revolution going back to like Melrose's question, I don't know if the revolution is ever going to come, but what, like, leftists tend to be talking about uh, within the context of, like, um, 
Marxism and the history of Marxism is um, the the time in which like the capitalist system is overturned, mm -hmm. um, the time in which we turn that all upside down and have a workers' revolt and change the structure of our economy, of our labor force, of the way that we put together families, of everything, yeah. where we just turn the system upside down. I'm all for turning the system upside down. What I wonder is like, wait, but why are the sex workers going to be so Yeah, <laughs> where do you think we're going? <laughs> where are we going? I would like to have sex in the revolution and yeah. I'd also like to you know be able to support myself so yeah I, I don't know um yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think that the biggest like question for me about that is it seems to presuppose that like sex work is a product of capitalism so yeah. if we overturn the capitalist system nobody is gonna be in need and therefore nobody's gonna be doing sex work that seems just like patently silly to me because like you know going back to the very first episode we did when we talked to um caitlin bailey caitlin bailey talks about the sex workers that existed in ancient greece mm -hmm. and rome um that existed ten thousand years ago that long before capitalism, long before <laughs> capitalism. and so i think um i just wanted to play with that see what we could have yeah. <laughs> see what is Where going on here why are people having those conversations so we have Jennifer Fitzgerald on, who's a, I think, former sex worker and yes. professor. Yes. Um, and has, you know, spent a lot of time, and a sociologist. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think, interesting to have on a sociologist to talk about what kind of forces and what kind of, like, political um, sentiments create these ideas. Yes. And then we also have on Phoenix Kalita, who, I like, I love both of these guests. Yes. I love all the guests that we've had. But um, Phoenix Kalita is a um, one of the directors of Swap USA, mm -hmm. um, also considers themselves a leftist, um, and um, has a lot to say about sex work. And the revolution. After the revolution. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Do you, I want to ask you, so do you think there will be a revolution, point blank? Like, do you think that is going to happen? In terms of sex, sex work specifically, <laughs> not just capitalism, because, like, I mean, the empire is falling. So, yeah. you know, let's leave that piece out. Yeah. For sex workers, do you think there's going to be a revolution? Well, what, what would that even mean for sex workers? I mean, I think that's maybe the question. So do, do I think... We both agree that sex work will exist yeah. no matter what, how this pans out. Yeah. It will still be here, right? Yeah, and I think that right? sex work would exist um, without money. And, yeah. you know, we uh, there was this experiment that took place um, where these uh, scientists, like, trained monkeys mm. to, like, exchange things. And once they taught the monkeys, uh, you know, excuse me, this is not a very precise story, but once they, <laughs> once they taught the monkeys, like, how to exchange, like, sticks for something else or whatever, mm -hmm. the first thing that happened is a boy monkey gave a girl monkey whatever they were using for currency, and the girl had sex with him. That's Sounds what happened. familiar. It's funny how that, wow. <laughs> yeah, and so I think that it's really, like, we don't even need our currency system for us to recognize that, like, sex itself is a currency, and um, you know, there are lots of uses for sex. And that's what I think is also kind of interesting about this is it assumes that somehow sex is going to be this one very specific thing. And I think that we as sex workers know that sex meets a lot of needs. And yeah. so and I think people like fail to realize that the average person too, isn't super comfortable having conversations around sex with even their own partner. Right. So like if you have a partner that you can open up to about yeah. maybe something you think is so outside the realm of normal in right. your perspective, that why why does that somehow not mean that you aren't going to reach out to a sex worker to fulfill that need or to experiment in that place that you're yeah. curious about? Like, and there's think, still a demand there. Right. And I think that, you know, I, like, criticize my my baby sex worker self because I think when I first got into this, and this, I, I'm getting kind of embarrassed telling this story, but I, you know, I, I did a lot of phone sex earlier in my career. And when you're a phone sex operator, people call you and they tell you their mm -hmm. secrets. And mm -hmm. I would hear all kinds of things. And I remember at the very beginning of my career being like, asking my clients, like, well, have you talked to your wife about this? Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, no, my wife doesn't know I want this. And I would feel sad for them. Like, oh, yeah. it's too bad that you don't have like a relationship in which you're open with your partner. After years of doing this, I don't 
feel sad for them anymore because I've come to recognize that like maybe that thing that they want, they don't actually want in this relationship with somebody that they're like so involved in. And that doesn't mean that they necessarily feel shame, although many clients do feel shame, but that's not, it doesn't necessarily mean that. It might just mean that like, it doesn't make sense in that relationship or they care so much about their spouse that like, they, they care what their spouse thinks. I, I think that the average client who calls a phone sex line, who calls me on my phone sex line, doesn't care if I think that his kink is strange, strange or, yeah. or whatever. And that's not to say that like he doesn't care about me, but I think that's the place that I hold. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that we don't always want to um bring some, you know, dynamic yeah, home with us. Yeah. You know, here's an example. I remember one time I had I had a spanking fetish client and um he wanted to be spanked every Friday after work. And um when I asked him like, well, have you ever asked your wife to spank mm-hmm. you? And his response was no, because and not because he thinks she'd say no, but he thinks she'd say yes, and he knows that she wouldn't be into it, and um, he didn't want to put her in a position to have to do something for him that she didn't find pleasurable or yeah. yeah. And I was like, huh, that makes a lot of sense. It so, does make a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. funny. I was smiling when you were uh, going into the discussion for the people who are watching the video version of this. It's not from what Jesse was saying at all. Um, but I was thinking about even my own husband, like when we've had sexual encounters, I hope he does listen to this podcast because I think he'll be like, what did you say? Um, but one of the things like, I'll be like, you know, let's have like rough sex or let's do this. He's like, I can't disrespect you. Like I have a really hard like time talking down to you or disrespecting you. He's like, I yeah, can't do it. There's something about like our, our very intimate relationships yeah. that like, you play a certain roles for each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like impossible to break out of that role and, or not impossible, but maybe you just don't even want maybe to. It's just not warranted. It's not, yeah, yeah what you want not in like, your household, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And yeah. I think that sexuality is complicated. So this is like a very roundabout way of saying, um, you know, uh, sex is more complicated than just like, we're going to be liberated and we're not going to yeah. money. So therefore there won't we, be sex workers. There won't be sex workers <laughs> because, I don't know, like, is... Because all of our needs are met, like, our financial, health care, all of these things are met. I don't know, but, like, is the government going to supply... Your hookers? (laughs) (laughs) But then there has to be hookers, Yeah. I I don't know. I, you know, I I would like to live in a world in which, like, you know, insurance, like, I could take Mm -hmm. insurance for, you know... Being a hooker, that would be great. But or the my health insurance <laughs> did cover my STD testing every yeah. two weeks when I need to film. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I love that. Great. Um, but no, I mean, you asked, do I think the revolution is going to come? Um, we didn't even talk about that. But I don't. I don't know. I do think that we're at a moment, like we're at a historical moment, when people are really, really questioning um, the the labor movement that Mm -hmm. we have now. I think that there were generations that came before us, the boomers, for example, um, who really benefited from the work structure and who had pensions and who had uh, retirement and social security. That's all dwindling. Um, People have no job security. You know, my in-laws have both had two jobs in their whole life and that's mind boggling to me. Like I broke my brain. (laughs) Like, no, how? Yeah. I mean, this is just a different world. We're living in a different world where like, we just don't have that security. So do I, I think that there will be like a reckoning at some point. Mm -hmm. Do I think it's, we're going to completely abolish capitalism? I don't know. Like you said, I think that like our whole empire is kind of falling. So I don't know what's going to come after that. But all that being said, I still think there'll be sex work, whatever happens. Yeah. I I think the oldest profession will remain the oldest profession (laughs) and also one that's not going to go anywhere, but yeah, but it's still an interesting debate. So uh, we talked to Juniper and Phoenix and they shared their opinions about this and it was a fun conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Let's get to them. Juniper is first and foremost a mother. She's written extensively on the intersection of motherhood and sex work and considers herself an anti-capitalist. She holds a PhD, but please don't hold that against her. Hello, Juniper, and welcome to the show. We're really happy to have you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. excited to talk to you. Absolutely. Can you introduce yourself for anyone who might not be as familiar with you as we are? Sure. I'm Juniper Fitzgerald. Um, I wrote the first and I think only children's book to portray a sex working mother. Um, I have been in the sex industry for 20 years. Um, I also hold a PhD in sociology. Um, So yeah, and 
I'm a mom, of course. That's my most salient identity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, what's the name of your children's book? How Mamas Love Their Babies. So please yeah. buy a copy and send it to Cardi B. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. Oh, and your your book. When is your book coming out? Uh, my memoir is um, coming out next summer. I'm very excited. Oh, summer of 2022. Nice. Okay, so we had you on today because we wanted to talk a little bit about like attitudes about sex work coming out of leftist circles. So we've talked a lot in the podcast already about like um, feminists mm-hmm. and conservatives and the government, but also there's a lot of pushback against sex workers from leftist circles too. So I was wondering if you wanted to like speak a little bit about that. I would love to speak about that. Um, it's kind of the bane of my existence to see, you know, I call them baby commies on Twitter. Um, <laughs> baby commies on Twitter.com. Uh, lampooning the sex industry of all things. Uh, you know, this industry that houses um, a lot of marginalized people. And I think what's most concerning mm-hmm. to me is the kind of heightened focus. We see this with like second wave feminists as well. Like, why this heightened focus on the sex industry? Like, I highly doubt that any form of labor yeah. that we see under capitalism would exist um, after the revolution. This kind of like nebulous thing that people gesture towards. I don't even know what the revolution is. <laughs> yeah. um, but, yeah. you know, it, and I think that a lot of people, like, I was thinking about this last night as I was thinking about coming on the podcast, but I lived in a post-communist country and it's, you know, people don't understand that communism as we have seen it play out in contemporary society has been just as oppressive as uh, the regimes that we as leftists claim to, um, you know, fight against. And um, so I I get concerned that baby commies on Twitter.com have not experienced the wrath of like contemporary communism. And I know that in leftist like communist spaces, we have conversations about how most contemporary societies that are communist regimes are not the kind of regimes that, for example, Marx was talking about. Um, So, you know, I definitely get that. But this idea that sex work wouldn't exist um, post-revolution is such a, it's such an abstract thing to say. And I think it's a dog whistle, like unmistakably a dog whistle for, I think sex workers are gross. Um, Yeah, yeah. It does feel like that. It feels like a... um anti it's not only anti-sex worker it almost feels anti-sex like I can't really um wrap my head around where what exactly is going on in that like attitude and I'm okay with anti-sex you know I um I'm pretty anti-sex these days but I (laughs) (laughs) I I think you know like my, what I always think about is I have, you know, I, I teach sociology and under uh, the communist regime in what was formerly called Czechoslovakia, sociology was outlawed. So whenever I see um, baby commies wow. asking stuff like, would your job exist post-revolution? It's like, actually, no, um, my discipline <laughs> would be outlawed. So it's not like this heightened focus on sex work is... Um, concerning to me and it it, it's the same way that um these repressive regimes like the alt-right you know kind of obsess over the labor of sex workers and not even the labor the the, like identity of sex workers um and so i think that that's and and i don't see these leftists um using the same lens to analyze any other form of labor like there's a lot of forms of labor that suck Um, The sex industry is super diverse. A lot of people feel great in their work. I can't say that that's necessarily my experience with sex work. Um, I think people who do have that experience are valid. Um, But I get to say, like, I've engaged in shitty labor in a lot of different labor sectors, and I still deserve labor rights. Um, And, and, you know, if we think about, um, again, any other form of shitty labor, the leftist position is to support those laborers and demand labor rights in service to this 
nebulous abstract revolution. Um, and I don't know why the same wouldn't be true for sex workers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's like a really good point. Like for, for a um, group of people who feel like they're so like, who feel like one of the, the central like tenants is to support workers and to make their working conditions better. Why do you think that sex work is like excluded from that? I see a lot of people using quotes from Marx inaccurately, mind you, about how um, referring to like oppressed people as the prostitutes of society, essentially. And um, I mean, it's wild to me that you would kind of pick and choose that quote as a leftist because Marx was like, I mean, fuck, man, he wrote in the 1800s. He was fucking his best friend's wife. Um, like it's not like he was the most upstanding guy and, and we have much more new, you know, when Marx was writing, labor looked a lot different. It really was this kind of two tiered class society. And I, I think that social class is a lot more complex in late capitalism. And we have very smart people speaking to the nuance of sex and of the sex industry under late capitalism. So I'm not sure why these leftists would choose that one quote from the 1800s from a dead white guy when there's so much better work. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, We're like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like kind of a misuse of theory. And it also seems like they're trying to apply something that like is no longer relevant, like in the sense that like Marx was speaking to a very specific like dynamic, um, labor dynamic mm-hmm. in a very specific culture that like doesn't resemble the one that we have yeah. now, or at least like by and large doesn't. There may be slivers of that in places, but it's not like most people's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, like why you like why you think they are like picking out like sex work in particular to be this like to focus on I guess is the question for the same reason that the alt-right is I I think about um this obsession with and you know some of these like so-called Marxist and baby commies um on twitter.com are also <laughs> turfs, you know? And I think yeah. that that is yeah. a really mm-hmm. important thing to acknowledge that most of the time when people are anti-sex work, they're also really transphobic. And I think that's right. because they have a very essentialist worldview about gender, femininity in particular. And even though they claim to be yeah. leftist, they're still adopting these very traditional essentialist ideas of white womanhood. I mean, it's a white supremacist conception of what womanhood Mm -hmm. should be. Um, And I think that um, any kind of diversion from that essentialist notion is um, an attack on their core values. Yeah. I'm curious, how do you think sex work should be imagined within the framework of leftists and labor politics? That's a really amazing question. Um, do you mean like in contemporary politics or how do I imagine it after the revolution? I would say first in the current landscape of how things are structured. And then, I mean, I don't think any of us on this episode believe there's a revolution coming, but we can pretend and talk about what that should look like. We could go there. For sure. Like, I'm actually not like anti-left. I just like this particular conversation is one that I can't wrap my head around. Yeah, like, this piece of it. Yeah, this piece of it yeah. is something I just can't wrap my head around why people are holding on to. Yeah. Well, I think people need hope. Um, If I have enough alcohol in me, I definitely will blabber on and on about the revolution. Um, But I probably (laughs) share your sentiments that uh, it might not ever happen. I mean, we haven't seen one yet. But in any case, um, to first answer uh, your question about how sex work should be imagined in contemporary political landscape, I mean, you know, I was thinking about, um, I read that horrible Catherine McKinnon piece, the op-ed for the and it's like not that this is a perfect analogy at all but the feminist movement by and large no matter what wave we're talking about um allows for complexity in conversations about abortion some people have a really Mm -hmm. hard time with choosing to um terminate a pregnancy and some people are like fuck yes this saved my life um, I am in the latter yeah. of that. I had an abortion that um, I thank 
the universe, the universe for every day. Um, but it, why are we not allowing that nuance and complex? Like I think about how we talk about pregnant people in the feminist movement yeah. and how it's a really hard choice. And just cause it's a really hard choice doesn't mean that you 100% lack agency. Yeah. It's like, we're all navigating bodies and overarching social structures and our interpersonal lives. And like, we can afford that same complexity to sex workers. We can make room for people who are like, sex work was fucking horrible for me. If I had had more labor rights, it probably wouldn't have been so shitty as well as people who are like sex work saved my life. Um, And allowing for, I mean, you were talking about how trans folks a lot of trans folks are in the sex industry. I mean, think about how many straight jobs um, can legally deny uh, different marginalized people employment. Right. Uh, that's a material reality. The material yeah. reality is that some people would not be able to survive without sex work. And whether sex work yeah, exists right. because of patriarchy or not, I mean, that, it seems like a moot point, a moot question. Like, my labor as a barista Mm -hmm. existed under patriarchy as well. Like, I I don't even know what we're trying to get at by by taking the material experiences that people have and trying to theorize about them. You know, it's, it it seems like, (laughs) yeah, um, (laughs) you know, it's like an incompatible, it's, it's just a disingenuous argument. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's right. Because what, what do you get from that? So, we do live in the material world that we live in. We do have the particular constraints that we have. We do have people who are denied employment for myriad reasons, mm-hmm. like anything, just disability, <laughs> um, color of your skin, um, just rattle anything off, right. really. Gender identity, but yeah, yeah but <laughs> tattoos. Have you seen a prostitution charge? I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Right, and then what? You know, and so that those are already a reality. So. You know, I think I think the agency piece that you brought up is really interesting as well, because when you talk about agency and and I guess that kind of leads into autonomy as well. But if I am of age and of mental capacity to make make decisions about joining the military or drinking alcohol or buying cigarettes or purchasing drugs, whatever, and depending where you live, like, why does that get cut off when it's just something everyone else doesn't agree with? I don't see how that fits progress or where we want to see things go or even their own agenda essentially mm-hmm. it's just it's a disservice yeah i mean i wrote a piece um, for tits and sass years ago about um how choice is constrained like i think we can have a theoretical and macro understanding of how choice like our individual choices always influence other people like I don't want to suggest mm-hmm. that we all just get to make these individual choices and that it's nobody else's business. I'm, I'm very critical of this idea yeah. of mm-hmm. my body, my choice um, in any movement. You know, the alt-right right. has adopted that now, which, wow, like what yeah. twilight zone are we living in? What's um, but I, yeah, 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 exactly. Like um, yeah. when it comes to like even consumption, like, Every time that I buy stuff for my sex work, I I think about how these things are often made in the sweatshops of the global south by um, usually women uh, who are yeah. getting paid shit. And so, I mean, we can have an awareness of the ways that we all participate, perhaps unwittingly, in this fucked up system, but we all right. also have to navigate that, like... That would be true. That's true right. of an academic in, in academia. That's true of a barista. Right. That's true of the sex industry. And we often, without thought, um, allow that nuance and complexity for other laborers. It's just in the sex industry that we don't. Yeah. 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 Why do you think that is? Why do you think that the sex industry like is like the only industry that we aren't allowed to have those nuanced discussions? Or I mean, we do as sex workers, but outside of outside of us, that's not happening. You know, I think when I listen to the rhetoric of second wave feminists, um, usually straight and um, cis, mm-hmm. usually white, um, sex uh, yeah. second wave um, feminists, I. 
I mean, I always get this like jealous partner vibe and I know that that's really simplifying things, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a kind of maintenance of like monogamy and heterosexuality, I think at the root mm-hmm. of those arguments and a fear that sex workers will, yeah. and you know, that goes back to patriarchy, a fear that sex workers are going to disrupt, um, you know, married women's mm-hmm. access to resources. And it's like, you don't have yeah. to live like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Join us. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome here. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking so much about that the other day. And I even like had a conversation with PJ and I was like, because we were talking about like the political climate around sex work. And I was like, wait, is like all of this, is all of this just about women not wanting us to fuck their husbands like is that what we're talking about <laughs> is that the underbelly of this that was like my favorite tweet when everyone was Layla or when they outlawed OnlyFans like fine we're going to the streets we're fucking all your husbands I was like well <laughs> you did it and, and he of course like was like oh I think it's more complicated yeah, than that of course. Well, gave, like a very long explanation that I honestly can't remember right now but um <laughs> I remember having the conversation um and there, there does seem to be like an element of that, that like sex workers um, are a threat in some way. And maybe it's not that you're going to fuck my husband, but somehow it's like a threat to not only like, I don't know, to the social order, to them, to like, to everybody. It makes me almost wonder know. too if it plays into just the societal norms that get built into women to be competitive and to these like social I don't know. I know. It's really like foreign to me. I don't, I, and it's foreign to me, I think, because maybe because I do this work and I think like, I'm not much of a threat. Yeah. We have different perspectives. <laughs> yeah. Than, yeah. Yeah. Like I have my own, I, I don't want any of your audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you read All the Lives I Want by uh, Elena Macy? No. Um, but she has I, this great she's amazing and she has this great line in that book where she's talking about um like the the partners of the clients that she's um giving lap dances to in a strip club and how these clients are like complaining about their wives and so she directs the wives of these clients and she says i want you to know that i took his money and your side every time it just gives me the chills every time i think about that because it's like yeah second wave feminists um don't understand that like we actually have their back and <laughs> some you know i mean in ideology at least yeah. we do and like they it's not reciprocated yeah. um yeah yeah and you're right jennifer to point out the fact that like not everyone can make those choices yes. but i also think and but i also think that to claim that like sex workers never do or that they never have any choice or that they like you know, just have to do whatever clients say is, is also just inaccurate. Yeah. Problematic. For sure. I mean, I think about the one client that I always think about when I think about a time that I engaged in sex work when I didn't necessarily want to. Um, and it was for, for whatever reason, like the client was fine. I was fine. I just really hated sucking his dick. Like I get to say that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) like just because I fucking hated it doesn't make it rape. Um, and I, and I also think about this woman that I knew in grad school, um, who was married at the time. And she said something like, well, I'm trading, I I have sex with my husband. So, uh, in exchange for him doing chores and it's like, if somebody wants to make that choice, mm-hmm. if that's a fair trade to somebody, that's great. But I would much rather give a blowjob that I'm not particularly fond of um, and have like $200, uh, which is what I was charging at the time, than uh, yeah. chores, like to be quite honest. And we all get to make those choices. Like what, <laughs> what's worth it to us? Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. I actually think that's probably like that's a good note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> um, where unless there's anything else that you really uh, want to get across before we sign off, I think that's it. That's yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, where can people find you in your work? I'm on Twitter.com with all the baby commies at Juniper Fitz. <laughs> Um, and you can get my book on feminist, the feminist press website and 
my memoir, which will be out in the summer, um, is also from Feminist Press. Oh, and I'm in the uh, same book as you, right, Jesse? Um, we too. Yeah, we too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much. I always love talking to you. Yeah, this is I amazing. Know, it was wonderful to meet you. So lovely to meet you. And thank you for the awesome questions. Phoenix Kalita is a former sex worker turned public speaker, podcast creator, and host. Her lived experience in survival and street-based sex work as a queer Afro-Latina and survivor of sexual violence and police brutality has molded her into an outspoken advocate for anti-racism, income equality, and sex worker rights. Welcome, Phoenix. We're really happy to have you here today. Hi. Um, Glad to be here. Yeah. Can you introduce yourself? Uh, sure. So my name is Phoenix Kalita. I am like rapidly uh, attempting to adjust my microphone to get a good angle. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I'm one of the co-executive directors of Swap USA. I am a longtime sex worker, um, have done various types of sex work. Obviously, I'm black. My hair is speaking today. I love it. <laughs> I love um, your hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also just basically like a political junkie and a degenerate leftist, I guess. That's what they're calling us. <laughs> That's actually why we had wanted to have you on. Yes. Oh, yeah. A degenerate leftist is exactly what we need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is something like, um, if I'm in heaven, I'll never know. But if I'm in hell, I also won't know because I'll be too busy shaking hands. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I see my helmates right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit about what you think about being like a sex worker leftist. Cause obviously there's a huge, like there's a lot of sex workers who are leftists, but there's a lot of leftists who hate sex workers. So do you want to situate that a little bit? (sighs) Wow. Yeah. So um, it's like a whole can of worms, but we can go ahead and open that. (laughs) that's like what we're here for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I actually find that like a lot of leftists are actually um, really opposed to sex workers because they have these like weird infantilizing ideas of misogyny. And so mm-hmm. like they really are feeding it. It's sort of embarrassing. Like yeah. just, it's really embarrassing. <laughs> um, but no, like a lot of leftists really do fall into conservative um, like talking points and stereotypes about sex work. And it's like, so you actually think like you're better, um, you're better equipped to talk about sex work than actual sex workers. That's like fucking weird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's, um, an especially like difficult thing coming from the left because part of a lot of leftist ideology is the idea that you, um, should have bodily autonomy. You should have personal autonomy that mm-hmm. you should be able to decide who you are as a person. And then all of a sudden we talk about sex work and it's like, but not you. Except you. <laughs> not I mean, that no. to me feels like the the whole like um, second wave like feminist ideology too. And for me, I mean, I don't want to cut you off because I want to hear what you have to say. But I felt like um, when the Texas abortion ban passed, I felt a little like angry because there was all of these like feminists who were like how dare anyone tell us what to do with our bodies and this is outrageous um and i was like but weren't you just telling us us what to do with our bodies (laughs) so there's some incongruency here i know definitely um that but it's also like um i also find this like logic with the anti-vaxxers with the covid shit where they're like my body my choice and i was like can you apply that to my vagina though yeah. <laughs> my vagina also be a place of my choice. Like what the fuck? Um, but no, that really is a thing and it's really frustrating and I think a lot of it is like rooted in this anti um not necessarily anti-sex work but particularly anti-sex sort of ideals. Mm-hmm. And so like and then there's also this whole like oh but they're all being exploited and this and that and it's like but rights make people be less exploited. So why are we not fighting for rights? That's probably my biggest issue with leftists when they talk about this is that they're um, very determined to talk about, uh, you know, like the, 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 the sort of woe is me sex workers, right? The sex workers who don't have choices. But then when I'm like, Hey, I was homeless. (laughs) Right. Like I I started getting pregnant when I was a teenager. Like I have a history. (laughs) I'm a hoe. Like, the seriousness, though, is um, I did actually, you know, I did start getting pregnant when I was a teenager. I was a teenage mom, and sex work was the only thing that could really um, 
afford me a lifestyle that gave me the best options for my children. And, you know, I've mentioned this sometimes before, but um, (laughs) doing sex work is literally how I paid for my children's private school tuition. Yeah. Because like they needed like, you know, that sort of like um, education. And I'm like, I'm not embarrassed about it, but people always want to be like this. Oh, well, but you know, if you did sex work, it's because like you were raped as a child. Like, yeah, I was. If yeah, you're a sex worker, it's crazy. Yeah, I fucking am. Like, let me tell you how long I've I've been in therapy for decades at this point. Like, yeah, I'm fucking crazy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there it's always this sort of um there's something like defective about you. And it's like, right. yeah, there mm-hmm. is, but just because I'm defective in some ways, which I will own, and I will only speak for myself because I do not want to put this on other sex workers, like you know what I'm saying? Because there's right. so much mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, I am actually like defective in some ways, but I'm still trying to survive. Like, why does the fact that, like, I suffered abuse as a child mean that I shouldn't be able to afford to feed my children as an adult? Yeah. Right, right, right. And that's what I meant when I said, like, you know, who cares? Because I think that, like, our past, like, shouldn't be used to, like, delegitimize our present. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I definitely agree with that. And it's really unfortunate that that is sort of like the common thing because I was like, well, I would never do it. And it's like, well, I'm not you, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm living my best life. Let me the fuck. Yeah. And I find that that's like a really big problem with leftists. And so like there's always this whole. And also I think that. um, Can we talk about tankies? Yeah. 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 Go ahead. I fucking hate Twitter tankies. I'm sorry for your mentions now. I'm just like preemptively apologizing. <laughs> what are you talking about? They're going to be quite rabid. But um, no, that really is a thing that also I find in a lot of leftists when you get into like this like weird like Marxist ideology mm-hmm. and like yeah. this like whatever the fuck they be doing over there. I don't know. I'm not allowed yeah. to sit there. I don't really know what they be doing. Yeah. But um, I know that is a big thing is that sex work is not seen as real work because you're not like producing a thing, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. I find, because mm-hmm. I'm partnered with someone who is um, a cis-identified male, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, he's a machine operator. And so he can go to work and be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I got my wrenches and I'm doing the thing on the machine. Mm-hmm. I'm like packaging food and like whatever. And like eat these fucking granola bars, bit, you know what I mean? But like yeah. people see him as being a quote-unquote like a real worker mm-hmm. when it's like i'm doing the same amount of labor but my labor is not seen as valid because it's sex work yeah. like, the problem to me because mm-hmm. my body is also you know what i'm saying like, right. and it's time and it's money and you have to put up photos and ads and do your own um you know marketing. like accounting and marketing and managing and all these sort of things but because you're not like producing uh, an item right like i'm not making a chair i'm not making a couch i'm not uh packaging your, your product, product. yeah so right. it's like not real work and it's like but i'm working as hard as everybody else how the fuck did this happen yeah i think it to me like I, and i'm curious what you think about this i also feel like it displays like this idea that like sex can't possibly be work or that it's somehow dirty than other types of work or that it's more exploitative than other types of work um runs through but I also wonder um if there's like a um misunderstanding of like so so there's obviously here like a misunderstanding of what labor is but what about a misunderstanding of like what sex is because it feels like that's also woven into it especially when I mean I know that um I see the same conversation come up every three to six months on Twitter of like, after the revolution, there'll be no sex work. And this makes no sense to me, like, (laughs) at at all. (laughs) After the revolution, there will be no joy. Shut the fuck up and go to work. (laughs) So to me, that feels like very much like a misunderstanding of, of, of sex and what people are getting out of sex. And I'm curious, like what you think about this and why anyone would assert this. Maybe also lay the groundwork for like the revolution for those listening who might not understand what we're talking about when we say that. Sure. Wait, was that for me or for? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Um, We're just asking questions. (laughs) So I'm just going to be like really anti-white for a minute. And I apologize because white people (laughs) piss me off sometimes. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Um, 
so this whole like after the revolution is like we're gonna kill capitalism and have like this communist utopia and everything's gonna be amazing and there's gonna be like welfare and social things and nobody has to work if they don't want to work and that's all wonderful godspeed niggas godspeed my white niggas um <laughs> you're never you're never going to do this right mm-hmm. there will be no revolution let me hoe in peace please um <laughs> no that's like my first there will be no revolution let me hoe in peace but on a serious level, what I hate about these folks is that they really are the folks I was talking about earlier, where they're obsessed with like this fetishizing workers and like you're not a real worker unless you're like making a thing and like you're in a factory and you're doing that. And but it leaves us in an awkward position where they're talking about like sex work won't be here, but also like where's your conversations around patriarchy and sexism and misogyny? Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> can I can I can I just say it? Yeah, yeah, ahead. please. So, like, even if I'm in a world where I don't have to fuck for free mm-hmm. because all my needs are met, men will push push me and pressure me to fuck for free because misogyny exists. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want to dazzle me, razzle me, bedazzle me, whatever the fuck you're trying to do. Bedazzle me. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just has to rhyme. I don't know. <laughs> no, but like, seriously though, it really is a conversation around there's, well, but no one will have to do sex work. So people are just going to fuck for free. And it's like, for one, I don't fuck for free. I literally truly do not. I never will. Mm-hmm. And like, that doesn't mean that sex is only transactional, but it really does mean that like, my pussy is amazing. <laughs> like, what? Have you been in here? Oh, you didn't pay for it. But, um, You're like, I'm sitting on the gold Why would I just give it to you? <laughs> but, like, honestly, no, that is a thing, though, because men, um, a lot of men do tend to be manipulative, right? We have even, like, even on leftist spaces, the term, like, brochalist right like Mm -hmm. so we know there's even like these creepy predatory dudes even in these leftist spaces and it's like what the fuck do i look like fucking for free and getting nothing while you're getting off and getting this not off to my pussy but Mm -hmm. i got nothing why am i even doing that and you know people will say it's not about like economic coercion like oh but you know you'll have all your needs met but i still don't want to fuck you yeah yeah like yeah. you can go me a, I, I can have a house I can have food I can you know have my little greenhouse I'm so obsessed with gardening it's like a thing but you know what I'm saying? like I can have, but I still don't want to fuck you right mm-hmm. you're not desirable <laughs> I want about you and so unless there's some sort of um something that I'm benefiting from because I know my pussy not gonna get wet I know <laughs> I'm not getting off so what am I fucking you for like it's not even mutually enjoyable to me. So and so there's like like this weird obsession with these leftists. But no one will have to do sex work, and it's like, but y'all aren't talking about good sex. Yeah, like mm-hmm. highly consensual sex, like <clears throat> getting yeah. my rocks off to this type mm-hmm. of sex, you know. And another thing too is they rarely talk about things like BDSM, because, mm-hmm. babe. If I'm going to have to fucking get all these ropes, fucking tie you up, <laughs> put you on this, put you on that, hook your balls up to this, <laughs> doing it for free. Right. Yeah. Like, I will, I will happily, if you know what, if ball torture is your thing, I will happily indulge you, but that is not my kink. So I'm not right. doing that. Right. Really. And I feel like that also really does speak to not viewing sex work as real work because right. they're is real work and not just like the marketing and the putting your ads up and the taking photos but like literally knowing how to do things yeah 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 this is something like i've mentioned before on twitter i'm my twitter's so fucking messy oh god i'm such a messy bitch um <laughs> but no this That's is actually I, I like, like it for that reason <laughs> 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 but no, I'm pretty sure this is something I've actually mentioned on Twitter is that I have had like hardcore BDSM clients, but I also do have like a legitimate um, medical history background. And so mm-hmm. I actually like fun fact, I used to be a CNA. Uh, I was actually in nursing school. I used to be a phlebotomist. I actually used to teach phlebotomy. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so like that was actually a thing. And so I did have like specific like 
um, hardcore like kink enthusiasts and BDSM clients who will come to me like, oh, I want you to do this thing, but I want you specifically to do this thing to me because I know that you have the better life that you say something wrong. Yeah. You can do thing. And so it's like, but that is a skill. And like, yeah. why are you trying to pay me for my skills? Like, like yeah. I'm in student debt right now. Why the fuck? Mm-hmm. Why yeah. the fuck do you want me to do this to you for free when I'm still paying student loans to learn how to get these medical degrees? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah right. You know, and, and so like that's also really frustrating. Yeah, and it's like, what kind of fucking sex are you people having? <laughs> yeah, that almost makes you think that you, that's like a you know you know how you go to you go to college, you get your degrees, and then you go to the workforce, and like, oh well, if you had this degree, you'd be paid more. It's like, well, I have a medical background, so I can save your life if you die wrapped up in the BDSM you know rope. So you should pay me. A little bit more in case I have to save your life. It's like another <laughs> level of value added. Yeah, yeah it should it be really that way. <laughs> it really is. And oddly enough, it's clients who will pay for that expertise. But meanwhile, you know, all these like, there's no se- no sex work after the revolution. Okay, well then you do this to this nigga for free. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we went over this a little bit. Like, where do you think that's like coming from or why do you think that this like these ideas around like sex work and why sex work won't exist anymore like keep coming up like over and over and over again um i think a lot of it has to do with like the continual um conflation of sex work and sex trafficking Mm-hmm. there's like this underlying assumption that like anybody doing sex work is like being traumatized or raped or they don't really want right. to do it or you know like what the fuck ever yeah you know like all that goofy shit but i also think a lot of it is um because people really haven't examined this shit all they do is read theory yeah mm-hmm. and like there's no practical application there's no like how will this look in real life or mm-hmm. um <clears throat> you know, how do I feel about this as a person? Right. Right. I I find very few people who really, outside of like platitudes and talking points. Right. Cause there's always people like, Oh, well, post revolution, I'm never going to work again. I was like, okay, but what are you going to do? Yeah. (laughs) Humans, it's in our nature to, to need labor. Like it's in our nature to have that kind of routine or like something to work for or work towards. That's very, it's a human thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, um, actually like a really good point in a super in-depth conversation to be honest about what labor looks like and what labor is right. because like you know i've said it for myself like if you were in some like you know post-revolution utopia i would love nothing more than to run like a, a small-scale farm and mm-hmm. raise like small-scale livestock and grow vegetables mm-hmm. yeah like a lot of people are like oh you're just gonna give vegetables to your neighbors and i'm like yes i would but also yeah. i don't know if you know anything about gardening and raising animals that shit is work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's labor. Right. And even though I'm not like clocking in and, you know, clocking out or working for like a corporation like Target or Walmart or, you know, who the or fuck whatever. ever. Yeah. Yeah. It is still work. And people don't really appreciate that concept. Um, right. And I think that's like really unfortunate because, you know, I have other hobbies too. Like I can sew, I can crochet, I can cook, I, um, you know, I can food. And yeah. like canning food to me, like it's fun. I know. I'm mm-hmm. a fucking I don't give a shit. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but no, like that was actually fun to me. Yeah. But I still had to buy the materials. I still had to learn how to do it. I had right. to read videos and watch books. And so like, even though I'm like literally only giving you, you know, maybe like a can of like pickles or something. Yeah. That's something I, that took me like months to learn how to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I think about that a lot because I think about the, the intense stigma against like sex work and it is a lot about just their own discomfort with, with sex and the fact that like we use sex to make our living because we don't care. I can't speak. I obviously I'm going to do what you didn't say. I can't speak for other sex workers, but like, it feels to me like, um, it's uh, once you've been doing sex work for a while, uh, most things in like, I have, okay, I'm going to back up a little bit and say, I have clients who ask me like, what's the weirdest thing that people have asked mm-hmm. you to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think anything's weird, you know, like, <laughs> right. I know, you know, like that, that question itself, like is wrapped in this, like, um, sex negativity, like mm-hmm. that there's something weird about sex or there's something weird about desires. And the, the longer that you spend in, um, working in the sex industry, 
the less and less these things seem weird. They become like, yeah. they're just things that people desire. Yeah. Par for the course. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so I don't even know how to answer those questions. I'm like, I don't know what's weird to you. Like, I, I, whatever you think is weird I've been asked to do that I don't know (laughs) (laughs) and might have done it a time or two to be honest yeah and I think that it's like it's wrapped in this like discomfort their own discomfort with sex as something that's like highly highly valued and maybe that's it that there's like an overvaluation of sex as if it's like so much more important or so much more uh well also powerful than yeah. other things there's also the aspect of like for some reason it's an issue when women aren't emotionally yeah. connected and in impacted by sex you know it yeah. can't just be transactional for a woman but for a man that usually that's no problem that's yeah. very <laughs> commonplace no issue you know yeah. so that yeah, it's it's part of that too oh, yeah. but yeah actually in regards to what you were saying there really is like a, a new movement in that sort of like mra manosphere where they're like high value men high value men just get to cheat and it's like wait (laughs) what yeah (laughs) but you know if you're a woman and you've had sex you know you're unmarriable you're unfuckable you're unwifable but a man even if he's married he just gets to cheat he's uh what the fuck they say evaluating his options oh my god wow but who are they having sex with that's the thing that is like so so wild (laughs) to do their line it is, it's like asking a man what his penis size is. They're lying. It's, um, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is a lot. But that really does speak to, um, you know, how we view sexuality and how we view pleasure. Where, like, it's okay for a married man to just, you know, do whatever. But a single woman can't have sex? Yeah. Yeah. What? what? <laughs> that yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so where can people find your podcast, your work, your Twitter? I feel like we're wrapping up and I said nothing this entire time. No, you said all the things. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) First of all. (laughs) Um, Do you you have, actually, I should ask you this, do you have things that you want to say that you didn't say? Um, or things that you're working on that you want to share actually like legitimately 100% true uh something that I am working on uh with Swappy I'm with Swap USA love Swap mm-hmm. um and we are working with Swap Behind Bars one of our sister organizations mm-hmm. and uh, actually something that we are trying to do is create an entire database and so we have uh the web space in the domain and I just need to do like a never ending amount of data entry but uh-huh. um, actually we are trying to create is a system in which um it just has like an, an all-encompassing sex worker resource so like oh, if you live wow. in a certain state or a certain county and like you want to know if there's doctors that are sex worker friendly we will have that for you Amazing. Um, yeah. if you get a media request and you don't know if this reporter is like legit or not like we will have that for you um wow. the december 17th list right so that, that is the international day um you know, to remember sex workers, like December 17th names are going to be on there. So it's really is just like trying to be like an all encompassing site. It's so much work. It's so much work. Yeah. yeah. But we're doing it. And so that's actually uh, what I'm working on. That's most of what I'm working on. Also, I'm with Swap. I do Swap shit too. Like, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm working on that project. Um, if you want to find me, I do actually have a podcast of my own. Me and my partner were like hilarious. If you've ever wanted to hear, like, yeah, listen to it. <laughs> Wait, do you actually listen to my podcast? Oh my oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Episode, but I do put it on sometimes. I like it. I like your partner. He's funny too. He's so fucking hilarious. Um, so you know, if you ever want to hear like how like hood ass niggas talk about politics, that's what we do. Yeah, awesome. I'm I'm literally like not even kidding. I was homeless and doing street work. This nigga used to be a crip. His mom died from AIDS and shit. Like we both went through foster care. Like we. But we made it out clean on the other side, and now we have a yeah. podcast. We probably listen yeah. to it. That's yeah. awesome. Sometimes you just need dirty, filthy leftists to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love your your dynamic together too. It's really fun to listen to. Yeah. Otherwise, you can always follow me on Twitter at uppity niggerous two p's two t's two s's. Um, but yeah, so no, definitely you can check out the podcast. You can check out my Twitter. Uh, we have winecellarmedia.com. That is a news website and. Yeah, you guys do a lot. Yeah, you're busy. Okay, so my my pet project episode. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Let's recap. Let's recap. Yeah. Okay. So this one's hard for me. And I was speaking to you about this even before we pressed record on, on this outro. I'm like, capitalism for me is difficult because there are things I like about capitalism. Um, and this is more about my personality traits. And also I am part of the class that, you know, are no arguments at all. I definitely benefit from capitalism. Yeah. You know, I am a attractive white woman that comes from an educated background. I didn't have a lot of resources, resources growing up, but I have yeah. resources now. And also yeah. the resources publicly available, they cater to me. So yeah. knowing that privilege exists in what I'm about to say, I acknowledge that entirely. Um, but I also, also, I'm someone that comes from a business background. So like the idea of competition, I love the idea of competition and I, I thrive in that arena. And I also, I build businesses. That's something I enjoy doing. I like the journey and the grind and the process of that. Mm -hmm. So when we take out the, the revolution, we talk about the crumble of capitalism. Part of me is like, oh man, like I don't need, I don't, I can't in the framework of what would take its place, I find it very difficult to figure out how I would personally function in that space. Yeah. And I think that's mm -hmm. what I'm struggling with. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a really good point. I think um, for for me, and I'm not a business person, so I'll just say that, like, I feel like I'm coming from a different position. I'm also a white, attractive, mm -hmm. cis woman. Um, and so, like, there's a way in which, like, I also benefit from that, but there's also a way in which, like, I took a different path and followed this, like, just get educated and everything will be great and do what you love and the money mm -hmm. will come. And in our current system, like, that is absolutely not true no like absolutely not. my um you know and maybe this is just bad decision making but like my husband and I are in five hundred thousand dollars worth of student loan debts you know like something that like is just not sustainable like mm -hmm. at all and um and for jobs that uh don't pay. I mean, yeah. the entire university systems, the, the, the dream that we followed have been gutted out. Like, um, they're not giving full-time jobs to people anymore. They're, um, you know, and so I left, I left academia with a mountain of debt, um, because, uh, the subsidies that generations before me like enjoyed had, were stripped by that very same like, yeah. generation. And so I think, um, you know, I see, I see that. And then I see a lot of, um, so, so, you know, basically I see that the like dream that I was fed, sold. that I was sold, um, for a for, substantial amount of money, for a substantial amount of money was a lie. And, um, you know, I've come into the sex industry and I can make money in the sex industry because of all the things that you're talking about. But like, that's, um, you know, I don't know, but, uh, I also like come from, I also came from a family that was really poor and I grew up in poverty. And so I look around yeah. and I think like this system is stacked against most people, um, most people who don't fit a very, very narrow yeah. um, framework uh, or a very, very narrow identity. Um, and so I would like to see something different. I would like to see universal health care. I think yeah. one of the things that we saw in, um, the pandemic was giving people a um, universal basic income. I mean, I didn't benefit from it because I'm a sex worker, but like a lot of people did. Yeah, you know, um, that actually makes you me know. think about like Andrew. Uh, Andrew Yang was a politician I was following. Yeah. for a while, and then he had said, that "I was like, oh, I'm on board with all these things. You're really aligning with what I, my view of the world. I feel like that you." dystopia or utopia yeah. would be and then he talked he was anti-porn and i was like why'd you go there and then you know it was yeah. recent with the only fans thing that just went down and got so much media attention yeah. he came out in support of sex workers for the only fans cause and i was like what so yeah. anyway here nor there yeah. but when you talk about like universal health care and basic income like i, yeah. I believe in those things i yeah. think that that's you, what it should you be you saw like okay actually the the government could provide a universal yeah. basic income and the whole world didn't come crumbling down. Mm -hmm. And all that happened is that workers like finally had, could stand up and say like, no, actually I'm being exploited. So yeah. did Taco Bell and Walmart like close? No, they didn't. They were just forced to pay workers for mm -hmm. money. And uh, because nobody wanted to go there if they weren't going to pay them a living wage. Which nope. seems fair. Yeah, and that, that was a lot of the tweets and subtweets yeah. that we were seeing going around. Like, you know, when OnlyFans were kicking off sex workers, a lot of people were like, that's because you guys lost all your waitresses and your, you know, exploited yeah. labor force, and now you right. want us back. So you're going to bar this thing, which is right. crazy. Yeah, and I think that, like, so, I yeah, I guess um, it's, it's, like, really complicated. I wouldn't, yeah. I think that, um, I think that the system that we have now 
does not work for most people. Yes. I think that who those people are that it works for and who it is that they don't work for is becoming like more and more and more separate. And there's more people that are falling in. You know, I think that my grandparents' generation, um, you know, in the post-war era was a generation that could totally afford a house, yeah. um, that could send their kids to school, that could do a bunch of things. My parents struggled more and we're going to struggle even yeah. more. And I think that... Um, what we see is the haves having much more and the have-nots having much less. And so... So what does it look like for you? Does it exist? Yeah. How does it look in your brain? <laughs> Tell me about it. I don't know. I'm not a politician, but like, and I'm not a utopian dreamer, really. But um, but maybe I am a little bit. Maybe a little bit I am. Um, no, I think... Um, I think we should have universal health care. I think we should have a universal basic income. Agreed. I think we should have a cap on um, um, like housing prices. I think that um, st- like wh- or at least we should have wages that raise at the that go up at the level of like housing prices and education. Inflation, prices. Yeah. And because I think what I'm seeing is that, you know, and this is where a disconnect between generations is like I've talked to my in-laws, for example, about like, oh, well, when I graduated from college, like I got a job that wasn't making that much money, but I did this and this and this. And then when we compare like what their yeah. little uh income out of college was to like what the housing prices was. Yes. It's astronomically different. They're not even living in the same like universe as we're trying to operate in. And I think, especially if you're living in an expensive city, and you know, yeah, both of us aren't living in expensive cities, but still, like not anymore. I think, but I was, yeah. and it was impossible. <laughs> that's why we laugh. And that's a, yeah. another thing people don't consider is like we can see this taking place in our generations, right? Like the newer yeah. generations, like, no, I'm going to live at home till I'm 30 and yeah. no, I'm not going to get married and have kids. till I'm in my thirties. Like well, yeah, and people <laughs> make fun of them, but actually they're like, doing what the best possible thing they can with right, the there's, cards there's they're no dealt. Other, there's the other options are unattainable. And yeah. so I think something needs to happen. I'm not enough of a visionary to know like exactly what that is, but I do, I do feel for like, as a mom, I feel for my kids. I, yeah. I don't know. I I'm, I'm pretty much resigned to the fact that I'm never going to get out of debt and I'm just going to live with that. that. That bothers my husband a little bit more. He like wakes up with panic attacks and I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's what my mom used to me. She's like, if you just stay in college and like keep going to school, you'll never have to pay back your student loans. I'm like, I don't think that's the right way to do that. <laughs> But I don't really have any other choice, so I'm just going to go with it. I, um, yeah, but... You know, I think... Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you have that vision? I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. Like, I, I agree with universal health care. And, and also, part of my family is based in Canada, so I kind of have some familiarity with how that plays out. And although yeah. it's not perfect, it's not a perfect system, right, it's right. better than what we've got right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and also, given my mom spent most of her career in health care. So I, yeah. I see both sides of the insurance side and the other piece. Um, right. But I think universal health care, I think a basic income is important. Uh, I also think uh, free, I think education should be completely free. I think that's yeah. such a screw up on the U.S.'s part because I for no, well, I mean, we're very far down the list of educated countries. Yeah. Um, and to just, I think that it's easy to like say these things in theory, right? Like I'm not someone who understands all the different cla- like yeah. uh, capitalist versus socialism versus all these things. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is like we have evidence of what works and what doesn't work all yeah. across the world. <laughs> so like right. you know, what's a common theme this season's been like look at our history, look what right. has happened. It's going to repeat itself. So right. we can kind of avoid so many shortcomings if if we use these kind of like case studies of other countries and what's right. working right. and what's yeah. not. So maybe we can use that to get closer to the utopia that benefits everyone a little bit more equally that's a good note to end on let's let's end there then Thank you for joining us on another episode of On the Horizon a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it I'm Jesse Sage and you can find me on Twitter at sapiotextual and at jessiesage.com and I'm Melrose Michaels and you can find me on social at Melrose Michaels and melrosemichaels.com Remember, if you want bonus footage from today's episode, you can always subscribe to us on Anchor for $9.99 a month to access all the footage we couldn't include on today's show.